City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome everyone to the Greats in 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football show about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris Pugh, Kaz Smith and Stacey Smith. How buzzing are you for what was a great result for, for the club today? Absolutely fantastic for them. You know, really, really thrilled at the, at the result and the fact that their, their hard work has been rewarded. Yeah, absolutely magnificent. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I expect you're the same, Kaz. Are you still feeling happy about today's result? I think it's been a long time coming, the performance and the results. But most importantly, it gives the fans a bit of bit of hope as well, maybe what's going on at the minute. Absolutely. And last but not least, Stacey, in a happy mood tonight? Yeah, I just wish I could have seen it, Lord. Can't even got the, as we're recording now, Lord, we haven't even watched the highlights yet. So it was different listening to a penalty shootout over the radio, though. That was quite interesting. Uh, I had Kaz literally pacing the living room. But no, I'm I'm thrilled that we're through. Let's be fair, who doesn't want to be in a semi-final of the FA Cup? Absolutely. We'll start with that today then. The game we played Brighton in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. In team news, Abby Grant made her great return to the starting lineup for the first time this season, with Emma Kelly dropping to the bench. Um, in terms of in terms of the game overall, it was a great spectacle for <laughs> for the select few who are in the stadium and for all of us listening intently on the radio um the first half started very brightly it was probably our brightest start to a game this season so far abby grant sliding the ball across to sarah mailing who fired home at the back post after just five minutes we've not really had the best of starts to games recently chris obviously we've conceded quite early against united i think it was and then obviously it's the reverse this time we started well and got the early goal yeah, I think, like Stacey said, the only way we could follow it was was through Twitter. But to get the first goal in any game is is important, and it and it changes the you know it'll give the group confidence and it'll change the complexity of the game. So yeah, to, to get that first goal was big. We're scoring goals again, which which is important, and it shows that the work we're doing in an attacking sense is working. So yeah, very very important to get the first goal, and and I'm sure it gave the girls a lot of confidence. So Kaz, it was obviously Sarah Mailing, a rare goal for her. It was in fact her first goal for the club. Um, it's a great moment for Sarah and it's long overdue. Oh, definitely. Like She's had a, the perfect start, obviously, to start the season. Um, she's been playing really well. Today's performance just capped off. She started where she left off against Manchester United. Um, she continued on with that great form. Um, so yeah, really pleased for her. Yeah, and when we uh, spoke to Carla Ward a few weeks ago now, obviously she said that Sarah wasn't that keen on playing winger. And <laughs> it's obviously ridiculous now uh, the with the way we've seen how she's took to that position so far this season, Stacey. Yeah, again, um, listening to the game earlier, it sounded like she was penetrating down the right, getting balls into the box, and but also sounded as though she did great work at the back, helping Harriet out. So... I think she's kind of shot herself in the foot if she doesn't like playing in that position because I can't really see her having to go back there unless it's for injuries rather than tactical. Yeah, I think she's done fantastic and it's great for her to get a first goal for the club. 
Soon after that, uh, Harriet Scott had to make a great last-ditch challenge to deny Emily Simpkins, a former Blues player, from scoring to make the equaliser. But then soon, she obviously played into the equaliser. Uh, Harriet Scott did anyway. She brought down Fliss Gibbons, who was played over the top. Danielle Bowman then converted the spot kick to take us all square into the break. Chris, it seemed like Brighton were gathering a bit of um, momentum going into that end of that first half uh, just after our strong start. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously Brighton will have known. You know, we, we spoke about this last week. Brighton will have known about you know the, the our, our weaknesses and how to score goals against us. They they did it in the first game of the season. So even though we went one 0 up, I'm sure they would have still had the belief that they could they could come back and score goals against us. But um, you know, ultimately a, a penalty. Another penalty decision going against us. We've no idea whether it was or not. Not having seen anything, but um, you know, it's it's a tough one to take, and it will have been a tough one to take having having taken the lead. I'm sure the the girls would have preferred to to, you know, to hold on to that until half time. But you know, the the equaliser came, and it was a, a setback for them. But it was a chance to for them to show show that that courage and 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 fighting spirit to to not let it get to them. After the break, Denise O'Sullivan and Kaylee Green came on for the second half. Were you a bit surprised, Stacey, the fact that Hope Powell rested quite a few players in this game and then obviously brought a few on in the second half? No, actually, um, I think Hope's plan was to use her much greater depth of a bench than what we had. Obviously, we knew that if there wasn't an outright result on the day, it would be extra time penalties. And I think she kind of probably looked at our squad and was like, well, they're a bit bare on personnel that they can bring on. She left, but I can't think of a name, uh, who scored against us the opening game of the season on the bench. Pagman, was it? Yeah. Connolly? No, Connolly. Connolly, and yeah. Were on the and Pagman yeah. were both, yeah, so both goal scorers who scored for them on the opening day were on the bench. And I think she possibly did that with the thought of we might have to nick a goal late on. So tactically, probably a, a great idea, but luckily it didn't work. Yeah, it started out, looked like it was going to backfire when we got that early goal and then they equalised before half time. of course. Sarah Mayling continued into the second half to show her excellent range of passing, causing Brighton issues from out wide. Danielle Kerdyke then pulled down Abby Grant to the ground inside the area and after Scott whipped in a ball from just outside the box. Molly Green then stepped up to score from the spot, firing in low into the corner with her first goal as a Birmingham City player. It's obviously a great moment for her, Kaz, to get off the mark and she's obviously made such a difference from coming in uh, after the first game. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Molly's got so much potential and uh, I think we've seen that in the last couple of games that what she can bring to the club. I was kind of hoping that Abby would take the penalty. At least we found something now that can put a penalty away when we've got a penalty. Yeah, absolutely. And in and under fantasy football rules, Abby Grant got two assists because she won the penalty and obviously set up the first goal. So it's obviously a great, great return for her in this team. She obviously hit the ground running once again. We know what she can do. Uh, it, was a, it was a very feisty game between the two sides, at least from commentary from the radio, which we could tell. Even the assistant referee needed to be on their toes as Kaylee Green almost slid in and took out the, 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 the linesman in this one. According to Girls on the Ball on Twitter, that was an interesting... That would have made good highlights if he, if he had got taken out. But uh, you could tell Brighton was starting to get a strong grip of this game as the second half went on. Maybe we sat back a bit too much, but for whatever reason, Hannah Hampton was forced into a number of great saves to deny Brighton an equaliser. She bounced back superbly um, after now having the best of games against United, Kaz. It looked like she was back to back to form from the commentary we heard. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, we listened to what on the radio and 
I'd think if it wasn't for Hannah, all the saves that she made, I think she made about five in the last, like, was it like three minutes or something stupid like that? So, yeah, I think Hannah's probably gone back, looked at the Man United game and worked on what mistakes she did, like, do against United. So I was I was impressed with Hannah. She was probably my player of the match. And that's saying so much considering how the game panned out. Yeah, absolutely. She showed that um, resilience, perhaps also bouncing back from that error she made again, uh, for England in the recent international break. It just shows that sort of mentality in the team under Carla Ward that we can bounce back from our errors and just move on and improve and get the result when we need to. And sadly, going into the final few minutes of the game, it looked like we were going to hang on for a 2-1 win, but it wasn't to be as a resolute defending from Blues finally gave in as Denise O'Sullivan, the Republic of Ireland midfielder who is on loan from NWSL side North Carolina Courage popped up with the equaliser in the last minute of normal time. It felt like it was going to drift away from this point, Chris, but it, luckily it didn't. Yeah, and I think the massive bonus and, and the massive delight is going through and getting to the semi-finals. But from a long-term perspective, I think the courage and the the, the, the composure to have a, such a massive setback of you know holding on and, and battling away and defending for your lives and then conceding in the last minute they could have really collapsed in extra time, but to succeed late in any game like that will be will be a massive crushing blow. But in an FA Cup quarter final, when you know you've got extra time to come, that that can break teams easily. But obviously, the the character in the squad um, and the togetherness they that they didn't give in. You know, they kept going and battled through extra time. When the whole momentum swings, when when, a, when something like that happens, Brighton have bought. They're better players on going for going for the win. We're trying to hold on for our lives, and then you know when that goal goes in, you've your mindset's got to change completely. And Brighton would have been absolutely buzzing, of course, and and it would have been a cruel blow on us. But again, to to show that character and and willingness to to get over the line and keep going was was absolutely magnificent. And I think that will stand us in better stead this going forward this season than than anything that we saw today. Yeah, absolutely. We're up, to, up, definitely up for the fight. And Georgia Brome uh, demonstrated that when she had an argument with Kaylee Green towards the end of the normal time. They both got booked as a result. And look, funnily enough, both players would play into the ending of this match. Nonetheless, on to extra time we went. Rihanna Jarrett then rattled the crossbar early on in extra time before an end-to-end finish to the game. Both sides pushed for a winner, but both sides were denied by excellent goalkeeping. It would finish 2-2 and it would be the dreaded penalty shootout. Fans were then scrambling at this stage to look to see how Hannah's record is for penalties, but no doubt the Brighton fans were doing the same and it went on to the penalties and Molly Green stepped up with the first penalty and she put it away with Hayley Green then firing over the bar. When that happened, Kaz, what was your first thought? Did you think it could be our day? Yeah, I was on the phone to um, Tony's wife, um, who's the goalkeeper and coach, and obviously she didn't know it was on the radio, so I was given her full commentary on the, on the phone. Yeah, when we scored, it was like me and her at the same time cheering. So, yeah, you just don't know, do you? And penalty shootouts, it's one of my favourite things about football, but also it's one of the most hated things I hate about football. Yeah, it definitely depends on the result is how you feel about penalty shootouts. And luckily it went our way this time. Uh, it was it was weird that the radio commentary I had at least was a bit behind the Twitter thing. So I could see it. Twitter, you could find out who scored before. Obviously I heard on the radio, which was a bit weird, but... Uh, 
that, there you go. Um, Claudia Walker then effort uh, hits the bar. She cannons the shot off the bar and then Maya Letizia ties it up 1-1. Christy Murray and Sarah Mailing both scored for us to put us up 3-2 with Brighton next to step up. Megan Connolly, the person who scored the winner against us earlier this month, was then denied by Hannah. Great save. She had one foot just on the line as she pushed off and then saved it away. Thanks to Samantha Miller, who's been posting a few clips from the penalty shootout on Twitter. So look out for that before the highlights come out fully. But yeah, it was a, it was a good save by Hannah to deny Megan. And obviously it gave us a chance to win the match there. Georgia Brome was next to step up for us and she was composed as she fired her shot into the top corner and booked our place in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. It's not quite the moment when you said Alan White for Wembley, Chris, but it was a very good moment nonetheless. Yeah, uh, but again, it's... To, to come back from such a, a, a massive setback as that goal in at the end, fighting for their lives, and I'm sure they were look, counting down the seconds as as that injury time was going on, to get it to extra time, to get it to penalties, and, and when George just slotted that one away, all the hard work they've been doing, and it's moments like that that make it all worth it and actually give such belief to the squad as well. A place in the semi-finals on Wednesday night is absolutely massive, but to go up against the side that you've already lost to this season, that have held Man City to a nil-nil draw this season, and to show that you can really compete over 120 minutes and then beat them in a penalty shootout as well, to have have that state of mind to go and win again was absolutely massive. Whatever happens on Wednesday, I think I think it's a it's a free hit, you know, against an Everton side that are absolutely flying, have just beat Chelsea. I think we could just go in there and. and, and Again, uh, like today, leave, leave everything out there um, and, and and give it everything. But th- th- it should have given them a hell of a lot of confidence. Absolutely. You can watch that semi-final, Birmingham City taking on Everton this Wednesday at 7.15 on BBC4 or on BBC iPlayer. A brief word on Everton before we head into the break. They've bought well, had have a new home and look to be taking the club in the right direction to Willie Kirk. From almost being relegated to now fighting at the top end of the table, I know they have the financial backing, Chris, but it's something to aspire to, seeing how they've gone from turning their fortunes around on the pitch. Well, it's some, well I don't know what you want me to say about that. It's something to inspire to if you've got a multi-millionaire owner who's willing to do it you know, and, and put money into the club. But um, It's not it's not just about the money, though, Chris. You, you have to make, make use of the money in the right way. You can't... Cause some, sometimes you can spend money and not do very well, like Manchester United in the men's game, at least. Uh... Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but oh, you know when you go from when you go from what they had, and, and and in one summer you can bring in Izzy Christensen, Valerie Govan, you know Hayley Rasso, these sorts of players, you know that that's not you're not offering them twenty quid a week. Do you know what I mean? That, that's that's you have to put money in to do that. Um, so yeah, they've stuck by Willie Kirk through. Um, you know he didn't have didn't have the greatest start. Yeah, but they've they've backed him this summer and they've started really well to knock out Chelsea in in any cup competition is is a remarkable achievement. To go one 0 down after five minutes, it could have been it could have been an onslaught, but they're you know, they're they're clearly got a lot of belief in their squad, um, about their chances. You know, they've they've now they'll look at a, a semi-final against Birmingham, little old Birmingham, and say that what an opportunity to get to an FA Cup final. So um I'm sure they'll be coming to to Blues on Wednesday with a with a you know brimming with confidence, but they've so, so will we, you know. So it's something to aspire to in in the sense that you can it shows what you can do with with a good summer of change, but ultimately it's you know they're they're 
in a different a different world to us at the moment. So, Stacey, who do you, who is the player that we should be looking out for on Wednesday night when it comes to um, Everton? So this is the thing. Last season, obviously, it was always Chloe Kelly that was standing out for Everton, and so far, I, I couldn't actually pick one player that stood out as a standout. You've got to mark this person out of the game, or you've got to always. But as a team, as a whole, I feel like they've this season they seem to be playing more together as a team. They seem to be wanting to fight for each other, as I don't think they really had that last season. Um, it was probably a little bit all the the Chloe Kelly show, as maybe this year with Chloe departing and then obviously like Chris saying, getting a few players in. It seems that they've got a bit more of a team spirit about them it's going to be a hard game um as i said i don't think there's one particular person we need to look out for it's we've got to be ready for what it's going to be a very hard team to beat on wednesday so were you surprised that carla only made one change or do you think that experience on the pitch needed to be there and obviously she wasn't thinking too far ahead you can't expect to win the game you obviously have to make sure you win this game before worrying about the the next round game on wednesday we are quite a thin squad. There wasn't really much I think Carla could have probably have done today. As you say, we needed to stay in the game. It's one of them moments when we're 2-1 up. Do you bring someone on and worry about changing the shape and everything when you're actually defending really well? I was surprised that no one came on for extra time. I thought maybe the likes of Emma might have come on for five minutes or so. But then I was like, maybe not. And then it was maybe she was injured or whatnot. And then Connor has been getting a few minutes recently. And I thought maybe again. And then Chloe McCarran, uh, obviously I was like, oh, maybe she might get 10 minutes. But uh, I was quite surprised that no one got minutes in extra time. Going to be a, di- a disadvantage to Everton. I mean, to have played the extra half an hour tonight. And the fact that we've got a smaller squad, I don't think is going to help us either on Wednesday. But... Look, well, girls can only do the best. As long as they go out Wednesday night, give 100% again, then none of us can really complain. Um, At least we'll be able to watch this one on Wednesday. So, yeah. It's amazing what, you know, adrenaline and momentum will do to you. Those those girls, after winning, they won't realise that they won't even care that they've played 120 minutes today. Do you know what I mean? They'll be absolutely buzzing tonight. Over the next couple of days, obviously, it's important that they they get their recovery right. For, For Carla Ward, really, the... The job is very simple. You've you, you've done unbelievably well to, to to hold off hold off a side that have gone unbeaten this season so far in Brighton. Go out there and do it again and and prove everybody wrong again. That, that's the that's the message every every single week this season. You know, go out and prove everybody wrong because we'll be the underdogs against most teams this season. Let's go out and prove them wrong again. We wish Birmingham City all the best for Wednesday's game, and we look forward to cheering each and every one of you on to victory and another trip to Wembley. That's all for part one. Coming up in part two, we discuss what the delay to fans returning means for our club and preview our upcoming game against Chelsea. Welcome back to Great Scene 68. I'm here with Chris, Kaz and Stacey. We've had a wonderful weekend of FA Cup action, a North London derby, Everton versus Chelsea, Leicester City versus Man City, and of course, Brighton versus Blues. I will preface this by saying thanks to BBC Sport, Joshua Donker, and Samantha Miller for their radio coverage of this weekend's Blues game. It was much appreciated. 
The problem is that we couldn't watch our team in action. No fans are allowed in the grounds and no matter whose responsibility it is, the home team, the away team, the FA, it's simply not good enough that no one could have grasped this opportunity and streamed the game live. In this golden age of technology, we can stream from our phone to thousands of people on services like Periscope and Twitch. If no broadcaster has picked up the game, why can't clubs stream the game on their own platforms? If the club are prohibited from doing so by the FA, they should come out and say that, because otherwise they are coming across as lazy and not caring about the game we love. With the prospect of fans not returning to grounds till next year now, we need to come up with a solution for the fans. Chris, as a fan of a football league side in Birmingham City Men, you will no doubt have experience of their iFollow service. Can you explain for our listeners what it is and your thoughts on their streaming platform? When applicable, when they can, when, when broadcasting rights allow, they, they broadcast every game home and away that they have this season. And they charge they charge £10 for it. But obviously, broadcasting rights are, are a difficult one. I don't pretend to know the, the 100% the ins and outs of it. But... Um, when we're live on Sky, I know that we can't broadcast now. Obviously, that's that's not going to be the case with with the women's team. I don't know how much it costs the club to to put the I follow service on for a game. You know, for example, if it costs them a thousand pounds to to broadcast it, with all due respect, with the men's game, they probably know they're going to make that back at ten pound a pop. Would they with with a women's quarter final? Yeah, so. Again, I don't know the internets of of the costs of putting it on um, and everything like that. Obviously, if you're just going to periscope it, if somebody's on the halfway line and periscoping the game, you know how how do you make money out of that? But it, it is a really difficult one, and I don't think there's an easy way around it. I'm sure that there's there's FA regulations that have an impact on on whether whether clubs can can broadcast it on their own platforms. But you, you're right, an FA Cup quarter final. Should be should be being broadcast somewhere for for people to see it. Absolutely certain of that. As someone who's passionate about football, would you be willing to pay to watch Blues women if it be in the Conti Cup or FA Cup matches going forward? Yeah, I would definitely pay for it. Like Man City, you had to pay three ninety nine or four ninety nine to get to watch the Leicester Man City game. The Chelsea game against Everton was on Chelsea's app. Um, so why could nobody? from Brighton or Birmingham put our game on. People are like, oh, it's just a quarter-final game. But it's not just a quarter-final game, is it? To some people, like, we know how it is with the men. If it's a quarter-final, it's a big deal. So why isn't it made a big deal with it when it's the women? Do you know what I mean? Especially Blues, when you've seen over the last couple of years, we've beat the two finals in the County Cup and the FA Cup. So they know they, they get the support. So even if you've charged Pfizer for the game, you're going to get the diehard fans that will go to every home game and every away game watching it. And I think old fans deserve that. Brighton and Birmingham and the FA have just shown us lack of old fans' lack of respect by not having that game on the platform. Whether it costs a £1,000 or even a £10 to, for them to uh, get broadcasting rights, that's not the point, is it? It should be there for everybody to see, not just certain journalists who can get into the game. Us fans should have some platform for us to watch the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I just don't understand why the FA don't care as much about cup competitions, particularly the Conti Cup. Obviously, they've shown this season that they can stream all WSL matches, plus a championship game with the rest all being filmed for extended highlights. 
If they can do this, they should be able to do the same for Conti Cup matches, which feature the same exact teams. Stacey, why do you think they don't um, stream or capture the highlights for Conti Cup games? Is it money or is it just apathy? Um, I don't, I couldn't tell you. It, it baffles me. Like I don't understand the fact that they won't stream the games, even though the cameras are there because the cameras are there to catch the highlights. So the equipment's there. It's frustrating, really. I feel like the FA need a massive kick up the... They need to stop and think and go, well, we've played how much money into growing the women's game over the last few years. We've had something that, let's be honest, no one ever imagined would be happening with what the world is going on today. We know what is going on is impacting clubs financially. You'd think that the FA would therefore try and make sure that the fans that they had secured before lockdown will still be interested post-lockdown. If you can't watch a quarter-final of an FA Cup game, you're going to lose a fan base. People are going to lose interest. They're going to forget about how good women's football can be. It's just a shame. And as you said, like when it comes to the Conti Cup, we probably won't get to see their matches either, uh, especially, obviously, government have now decided that it doesn't look like we're getting into grounds anytime soon i'm hoping that they do the f i'm hoping that the fa will look at it and go right this season we will have to show the conti cup games on the fa player because of x y and z um obviously we know there's not as much money in the women's game for broadcasting and advertisement but again if the fans now you're not going to keep growing the fan base when you can't see the games as things stand at the moment I, I agree totally. I think the FA, um, the BBC, whoever, everybody needs to take responsibility. And like Kaz said, it's a it's a disrespect to the teams that were in it because I guarantee you one million percent. If it was Brighton versus Manchester United today, with Tobin Heath and Christian Press available, then that would have been shown on the BBC, or there would have been somewhere where you can watch that. Arsenal versus Tottenham, North London derby, Alex Morgan's in town, shown live on the BBC. Chelsea Everton, broadcast by somebody. Leicester Man City, available somewhere. Birmingham Brighton, what, what's the odd one out? Do you know what I mean? There's, it's it's a it's a game where and like Stacey said about the Conti Cup as well. Birmingham versus Leicester, Birmingham versus Blackburn. You can't sell that to anybody. You can't you can't sell those fixtures to anybody. You can sell Man United Blackburn because loads of people will watch Man United. And it's it's as simple as that. There's there's no selling point with Birmingham Brighton, even in an FA Cup quarter final. And that's the sad reality that, that there's not enough care for the actual competitions in place. We could discuss the Conti Cup but, uh, for until the cows come home, whether that's actually worth caring about. But you know, this is this is an FA Cup quarter-final that we deemed important enough to carry on from last season, but because of the two teams involved, they can't sell it to anybody, and that's and that's that's the big issue: the the selling of games. It, you know, people want fourteen teams in the league. Well, you're having a laugh. If you you want fourteen teams in the league. You're going to have you're going to have more Bristol versus Brighton's. You know, you're not going to sell those games, and uh, I, I think that's why they're loath to add more teams to the league and, and competitions because because they want the big teams to get through. And I think it's up to the media as well to promote those smaller teams and get people to know who are these people in these teams, the players, the managers. Chris is shaking his head, but if you don't 
If you don't, in ab- I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. But what what chance have you got? What chance have you got? No, when they when they're showing Arsenal games, probably every other week on the BBC or Man City or Chelsea, at least one of those teams will be on television each week. If you're not showing the other teams, they're not giving educating fans about the players. You're not going to know about these other teams. The fact that we're one of the oldest teams left in the league, and yet people don't know that because they they've only been watching for maybe one or two years. If you look on Twitter tonight after we beat Brighton, everybody has got Everton to beat us. Mm, yeah, yeah. Why is that? Everton have been to, is it one FA Cup final and they won it again. They've been to, they've been to two in ten years. They they won it in twenty ten and they lost it in twenty twelve. I think, oh, not twenty twelve, uh, 20, uh, 20, 2014, Sorry, twenty twelve was when we won it. We're the oldest team, right? And we've been to the same amount of FA Cup finals as Everton, right? In the last. 10, 15 years. So what's the difference? Because they're, they're, they're a Premier League team and we're not. We don't have the big names like Izzy. No, it's because their form's been better so far. I'm not being funny, right? The FA Cup form out in the FA Cup goes out the window. No, but it don't know, does it? it does. We beat Chelsea in a penalty shootout a couple of years back to get to the final. That's a penalty shootout. We're always going to be the underdogs for Birmingham City. That does, that's beside the point. But Everton are going into this game... As favourites. Why are we always the blue underdogs? Why can't we be one of the favourites? Because we've got no money and we it just frustrates the flipping life out of me that people just were a joke of a club. People within the game, people within the game will know that our, our record in the FA Cup and they will know, you know, the players that we've got available to us. But neutrals and people who are just coming into the game will look at the media's representation of Everton's summer. You know, they they have had a fantastic summer in terms of transfers in, but they'll go, oh, Izzy Christiansen plays for England. Valerie Govan's a French international. Hayley Rasso is an Australian. You know, all, all of these players have come in and that's why Everton will beat Birmingham because of these players. I watched the North London derby. I swear to God, Alana Kennedy was outstanding for Spurs. Honestly, the camera was on Alex Morgan more than it was Alana Kennedy, you know. And and do you know what I mean? And she's in the stand. So when we talk about when we, you know, Craig says, uh, what what's the media's role in this? What is their role in growing the women's game? They've they've done it. They don't need to do anything. It's the easiest job in the world to be uh, uh, in the media in the women's game now. Just put a picture of Alex Morgan on the back of the paper. Put a picture of Christian Press in a Man United shirt. Go and go and interview an American girl who's come who's come over for a few months to have a have a nice payday at one of the biggest clubs in the world. It's so easy that they're missing they're missing the topic. Leicester have they've had a good summer in terms of transfers as well, but they're a Championship club. They've lost two one to Man City today, and nobody's saying anything about Leicester. Nobody's saying what an unbelievable job that was. Let's dissect how Leicester were in the game for 90 minutes against Manchester City. I haven't seen one person even mention the fact that Leicester were were in the game for that whole game. And again, Everton against Chelsea. How have Chelsea, with with all their firepower, been? You know, no disrespect to Everton whatsoever because they have got a magnificent squad now. But that they shouldn't be knocking Chelsea out. But I'm not seeing any of this because. Alex Morgan's in town. You know, it's it's so easy for, for women's sports media now and people in the media who who are just jumping onto women's sports to, to just say, there's a few Americans in town, let's focus on that, rather than dig a bit deeper and, and find some other stories. 
Yeah, and I think the more they do that, the more likely you're going to get fans of those those teams. And then it's a chicken and egg situation. Is it because the fans are there that they're doing more stories on them, or is it because they're doing more stories, so which creates more fans? And but they're not fans of the club. Then they're not fans of the club. You know, it's, Spurs. Spurs won't get five thousand people in because they're Spurs fans. Well, obviously they can't get anybody in. But say we're in a normal world. You know, Spurs. Spurs might sell out their next game. It'd be because half of them are tourists from America coming over to look to watch Alex Morgan. They're not fans of Spurs. It's not sustainable. It might be for Spurs because, again, this is what I mean about the big Premier League clubs. It's it's sustainable for them because every summer they can go and get somebody else. But it's dull, in my opinion. It's it's dull. I don't I don't think it's good for the women's game, but a lot of people do. Now that we've had a chance to let off a bit of steam about the fact that our team wasn't on the television, let's look ahead to next weekend anyway. Uh, Birmingham City are back in action next Sunday after our FA Cup game in the midweek as we host the reigning champions Chelsea. In a surprise turn of events, we will be facing a pretty vengeful Chelsea after they were knocked out of the FA Cup by Everton. It feels like the perfect storm, Chris. We are already going in tired after 120 minutes today, but throwing another 90 minutes on Wednesday at least. And then Chelsea will be rubbing their hands together at the prospect of facing us, especially after Emma Hayes probably gave them an earful after being dumped out of the I'm cup. I'm sure they will. Look, we, we, we could have a month's rest and get beat 7-0 by Chelsea. That's how good, that's how good Chelsea you know, they are. They have got the best squad in the division, possibly the world. Um, you know, they, Honestly, they should not lose any game. That's that's my opinion. They they should not lose any game of football. I saw I saw someone on on Twitter earlier mentioning how how much of a big loss Magdalena Eriksson is to them. One in one injury they've got Magdalena Eriksson. You know what she couldn't play, and that's why they've gone out of a cup competition. I mean your heart bleeds, doesn't it, for for them when when they've got one one injured player and it affects them so badly, and they've. Got that whole squad. It's it's always, always, always going to be a, a really tough ask against Chelsea, whether we've played 210 minutes in in a week or not. So we'll, we'll see what our condition is like come Sunday, but they'll always be ready to go. Chelsea will. Yeah, absolutely. I usually write down a lot of notes about looking into the team in depth, but I've just written down the 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 uh, start the squad of Chelsea because I know I can talk about any of these and get something from it. Obviously, because they've got so many players. Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, Pernell Harder, Aaron Cuthbert, Beth England, and Neve Charles. That's just their attacking lineup. So it speaks for itself, Stacey. It's obviously going to be a very tough test for us. Oh, yeah. Like Chris said, they can put seven past three on. Bad day. They, what was it, nine against Bristol. So in the back of my head, I'm just like, as long as it's not nine, it's a win. They've had a really weird start to the season, Chelsea. I mean, they drew 1 1 with United, beat Bristol 9 0 got knocked out of the quarterfinal of the cup today so it's um it's a bit of a strange one with Chelsea I do think obviously going into it there's no way we're going to win the game we're going to be playing like you said like Chris said at least another 90 minutes on Wednesday then we've got Chelsea who like, we, we keep saying it they've they've got goals galore in them if, if they're on their game they're on the game yeah like I said as, as long as it's not 9-0 I'll, I'll, I'll be relatively happy yeah, I think it's. I think it's just do better than Bristol is probably what we're thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It is pretty much as long as you match or beat Bristol's results, because I do think that it is going to be Bristol in and around with or stand towards the bottom. So 
yeah, as long as as long as we don't get beat tail ten, it's it's fine. Prediction time. It's a better time than any to go on to predictions. We'll look back at how we did last week. Chris, you had an actual, you've got some points on the board. So I'll be happy to tell you that now before we get into this. Hey. Chris, you predicted 1-1 in normal time for us to beat, uh, to win on penalties. You got, I said I'd give you a point if we won on penalties and we did. So you get a point for that. And you said Molly Green would score and she did in normal time. It's so, it's so difficult being so right all the time. We didn't get it completely oh. right. You said it was 1-1 at normal time. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Kaz decide if me and Stacey get a point for this. We said it would would win the game, Kaz, but obviously we didn't say after penalties. No. We said we'd win. No. no, you didn't even you didn't even message me last week and go, "What's your prediction?" So do you know that? What just for that, right? It's a bet. You could have came up and said, "Look, what's your prediction?" Yeah, agreed. So no, you don't get a point. No points. Shocking. No points. Okay, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll I'll stand by my decision to let Kaz choose, and I won't have any points for that one. So the current standings are: Chris is on two, Craig is on two, Kaz is on two, and Stacey's on two. So we're all square going into this next week of games. Chris, what I'm thinking, predict uh, your prediction for the Everton game. Two one Blues in normal time, and one of the goal scorers will be Harriet Scott. Harriet Scott, 2-1 in normal time with Harriet Scott scoring. Stacey, how about you? Normal time, it will be 1-1. And I will go with, I'd probably go with Abby again. Uh, how do you think the match is going to end after that? If you're going to go for 1-1 in normal time? I'm going to be optimistic and say we'll nick a winner in extra time. How about you, Kaz? I was going to go for a 2-1 Everton win. Abby will score. I'm going to say 0-0 after normal time. And then... 1-0 win Blues. And I'm going to say... Who's going to score? Corsi, I'm going to go for. Corsi in extra time. Uh, Chris, back to you for the Chelsea game. Nil three. Oh, well done. Uh, let me pick out of me massive list of players that they've got. Uh, harder. Harder, okay. What about you, Kaz? I'm going to go 5-1 to Chelsea. Uh, I reckon Frank Kirby will score for Chelsea. Frank Kirby, okay. Uh, Stacey? Yeah, I think it pains me to say it, but I'm going to go 6 0. Oh. And the scorer? How do you six goals? Beth England. Beth England, okay. She, what, she I don't think she played today, or if she did, she came on late. I don't know. So she'll be re- well rested for this one. Um, I'm going to go for 5 0 to Chelsea, and I'm going to go for Sam Kerr. Okay, that's all for our predictions. Uh, that's all for this week's show. Thank you to Chris, Kaz and Stacey for joining me once again. Remember to keep right on.